Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Here's a brief but annoying message to let you know that you could have first heard this episode nine months ago if you were a subscriber to our Iron Filing Society Patreon offering. For the price of a pint and a St. Clements each month, you can get up to four episodes a week, nine months before the rest of the world gets them. Early access to regular episodes, lots of other marvellous benefits, and there's absolutely no adverts or brief but annoying messages like this that will get right on your ticks. Find out more and subscribe now at tftimemachine.com slash ironfilings. Here we go, here we go, here we go, here we go, this is it. This is Top Flight Time Machine. I am Andy Hotbody Dawson. Pow, pow, pow. I am Sam Nifty Delaney. So what? Uh, welcome along to the Rod Hull Odyssey. We're still looking at Rod Hull's appearance on This Is Your Life on ITV from 1983. Um, we just got up to the bit where his best pal... Bill Wallace. Oh, I love That's Bill a Wallace. Solid name for a best pal, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Bill Wallace. Really good. Who's your best pal? Bill Wallace. Obviously. Fuck. You're all right then. Yeah. If I met someone called Bill um, Wallace, I'd say, um, "Do you have a vacancy for a best mate? Because I'm strongly interested." He'll <laughs> say, "Oh, there's a waiting list. There's a mm-hmm. waiting list of 17 other men. Of course, there is. Who want that's, to be that, best that, pals. That's part of the Bill gig when you're born Wallace. with a name like Bill Wallace." <laughs> of course it's William Wallace isn't it or that, I don't know now that that's not so that's problematic isn't it? hang on no well, oh hang on no I'm wrong about that well William Wallace was the free was Braveheart wasn't he he's Braveheart wasn't oh, he oh yeah he's yeah. a good bloke and he old he's Braveheart he's sort of blue face yeah good lad yeah so I was thinking of someone else Rod Wallace the oh. former Leeds United is, 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 is Rod Wallace problematic <laughs> yeah I won't go into white <laughs> <laughs> I actually loved Rod Wallace. Uh, you know what? Just like side note, it's not strictly relevant to us doing a deep dive into Rod Hull's 1983 it's episode. Rod, so of, it's fairly no. It, it, I always i I was very surprised and disappointed that Rod Wallace was never handed an England cap, especially during mm. Leeds's title winning season of 1992, when he was a regular up front with Lee Chapman. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, Lee Chapman, did he get many, many calls for Lee England, Chapman, didn't he? I do have a problem with, because he was shit. He came to West Ham <laughs> and he couldn't fucking be bothered. He was di- At what you period know what? Did he, he was disdainful. Was what happened was, he was leaving Leeds, right, because mm. he'd got... He, yeah, he was always a fucking cart horse, right? And he'd got... But he'd won the league at Leeds and he... They'd signed Brian Dean, I think, didn't they? Did Leeds sign Brian yeah. Dean at some yeah. point? Right, so... From Sheffield United. Yeah, so he was off and we tried to buy him and he turned us down for Portsmouth. Now, no offence to Portsmouth, right? Good good club, Portsmouth, but we were a bit put out by that and he said something sneering about West Ham because we were struggling at the time, right? But then, halfway through the season, we were going to get relegated, so what we did was... We sold Julian Dix to Liverpool, right? 
and with oh, yeah. the, and with the money, we're in, in exchange we got Mike Marsh and David Burrows from Liverpool plus plus right, yeah. uh, something like two million quid. They were both really good players, right? Was happy with mm. them, but then with the money we got, we quickly spent one million of it to get Lee Chapman, who'd gone to Portsmouth and decided after just like three months he didn't really fancy it, right? Didn't fancy it. And so he took the money and came to us, but he sulkily turned up, having already turned us down once, <laughs> and barely broke sweat for the next fucking two years. Yeah. I'm not happy. Plus the old business with Leslie Ash, we won't go into that for legal reasons, yeah. but there's a few things that I wasn't happy about to do with Lee Chapman. Well, we, we had him in his early years. We had him in about 84, 85, I think. We Did got you? him from Stoke. Where he'd, he'd done well at Stoke when he was when he was young, mm. and he had a decent reputation. And we got him, and he did fuck all for us as well. He's fucking cart horse, mate. He just, he just got lucky. He he went to Leeds, which he, was he a club that kind of suited the Sheffield, game. Sheffield Wednesday. So Wilk, I think Howard Wilkinson had him at Sheffield Wednesday, yeah. right? And he sort yeah. of thought, I can use you. I can utilize you. You're a focal point. Yeah, you're a focal, well, you, you've got no yeah. ability, but I like that in a player. Right, it yeah. means you're not going to get. A, the head is mean, them down. You're not going to get above yourself. I'm going to get. Yeah. I'm going to use you. And then when he went to Leeds, he took him there. But for me, Rod Wallace was the man. Loved him. If pacey, if skillful. Leeds, if you're a Leeds United fan of a certain age, um, would like to uh, get in touch and dismiss what we've just said. Don't bother. We're no. not interested. But that, I, I'm strongly confident that Leeds fans will. But on a fundamentally, they'll agree with our assessment of that of that strike force because, mm. of course, they'll have affection for Lee Chapman because he they won the league with him up front and they'll have happy memories yeah. of goals he scored. But listen, Lee fans, you fucking know that Rod Wallace was the one with talent and he should have got at least one England cap like Mel Sterling yeah. did. They gave Mel Sterling a fucking England cap for playing in that Leeds team. That's true. Yeah, maybe someone to have one. They didn't give Chris um, Fairclough one. He was a good centre back. English didn't get one. I think this oh, was Chris, Chris Fairclough as well. Also had that thing where his hair was falling out, wasn't he? Do you remember that? Wasn't one? that the other one? Yeah, the alopecia. They had another centre back called something like Chris White. He, there was a, there oh, were two centre backs. Right. Yeah, you're right. There was, was two centre backs: Chris Wright guy. and Chris Fairclough. And yeah. they were the two, and neither of them got international caps. I don't know if Chris Wright was English, but I think he was. David Fairclough definitely, Chris Fairclough definitely was. Yeah, it, it was Chris White. And um, I apologise wow. to Fairclough and White. Mm-hmm. I'm just Googling about his hair now to see if there's anything going on. Uh, no, it's not been documented a lot. Alopecia, I think. I'll make a, an uneducated uh, diagnosis. Yeah, of I don't know what was going on with the bloke. Well, that's all right. Yeah, but it's they were the they were both was... good players. It just seems strange that there was a lot of English players in that team. This was the Graham Taylor era, where the England squad had a lot of shit in it as well. By the way, didn't this it? This is true. Yeah, you'd have thought that Leeds team would have been ideal for the uh, for the, the Graham Taylor era. Mm. Um, I mean, Lee Chapman for Leeds. 137 appearances, 62 goals. That's that's almost one in two. That's not but bad, is it? One of the seasons was in the second division. Right, okay. And they won the second division. No that promotion was kind of season. That, 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 win, that uh, championship winning season, which of course was the last season before the Premier League started, he got 16 goals as Leeds won the league title. But, hat-trick in a 6-1 away win against Sheffield Wednesday... Patrick in a 5-1 home win against Wimbledon. Mm. So that's six goals it can take away immediately because they were just Can you just, I'm trying routes. to, I can, I've remembered practically the whole team. I think John Lukic was in goal. 
Dorigo and Sterling were the full-backs. Fairclough and White were the centre-backs. Now, the midfield was Batty, Speed, Strachan. And who am I forgetting? There was a it was on the, there was, was a on the winger. Left. It wasn't Sellers, was it? Scott Sellers? Scott no. Sellers. I don't think so. No. Quickly, let's it's find out. It's one of out. the teams where you think you would always remember it. Well, I'd remember probably all of say? it. Because then up front, up front, it was Chapman and Wallace. So who did you say it was in the midfield? Speed, Speed, Strachan, Batty, Strachan, Batty. Yeah, and it was a wide man, wasn't it? It was a wide man, and we're going to fucking kick ourselves when we find out who it was. Um, yeah, Steve Hodge. No, I don't mean. Did Ho- I can't. Gary even- McAllister. It was Gary McAllister. Of course Gary it fucking, fucking was. He was almost like the best player in the team. How did I forget him? I don't know. Scott who... Sellers was in that team as well. There was one of those squads where they had a really small yeah, but squad. Those, they had like I a think 15 the, man squad. I think the four players who were like regulars were in the midfield were Strachan, McAllister, Batty, and Speed. If so you've tuned in, two oldens, two youngers. And you're listening to us just remembering names of footballers now. We do apologise. We'll get out to Rod Hall in a moment. Remembering names of footballers is actually quite a good laugh. Come on, let's be honest. No <laughs> yeah, it is. Remembering anything well, is. Well, you just say names of players to each other. It'd be like um, Max Rushton was... did that with Barry Glendinning on Talksport, <laughs> yeah, didn't course. he? That's what we're doing now, and it basically. Yeah, I loved um... it. Well, don't yeah, forget just... my game that I've had running now for over five years. I'm thinking of a footballer. What footballer am I thinking of? That's right, yeah. You know someone got that. I don't know if you remember who the footballer Yeah, but I haven't given them because I promised a million pounds to whoever gets. Well, silly. <laughs> really silly. So I'm kind of on the run from that person now. <laughs> yeah, and you just brought it up again. Mm. I wouldn't have done that. End the game now if you can. The game has ended. I repeat, the game has ended. (laughs) No further submissions. Nobody (laughs) will be paid. (laughs) Read the small print. (laughs) Dickheads. Uh, So, Bill Wallace. Bill Wallace, who uh, just went over to Sydney and became a TV writer after being an engineer. Um, And he's done very fucking well for himself by the looks of him. very well. Because he's done out in lovely gear... He looks yeah. really smart and dapper. He's got a lovely tan and a well-trimmed beard. And he looks like everything's going right in his life. His missus, she's lovely his, too. His lovely wife, Mavis. He's got yeah. a great setup. That's what I'm... Yeah. He's just got a great setup, mate. So, speaking of Australia, we then go across, not live, because that wasn't possible then, the uh, recorded segment of one of Rod Hull's former uh, entertainment colleagues. There's none other than... The great Warren Mitchell. Oh. A.K.A. Alf Garnett. Hilarious bit. Best bit uh, so far, yeah. arguably. Yeah. Uh, Warren talks about the time when uh, he invited Rod to become part of his touring cabaret act. Um, and he says, uh, rumour has it, you'll be heading to Sydney shortly, Rod, so I'll be in Perth. Ha, ha, ha. Australian <laughs> geographical humour there. Yeah. Uh, and they says they spent five or six years touring Australia and New Zealand. Amazing, five or isn't it? six years. But are you not going to talk about how Warren Mitchell appears? 
He's in his swimming pool. Oh, I forgot to mention it. Yeah, go ahead, you can do it. Well, he's he's in he's they, when they open it. I think he's actually swimming lengths, isn't he? He's in a pool. He's in yeah. a swimming pool, swimming lengths, and you're thinking, who's this? And then he gets out, and it's fucking Alf Garnet, and it's he stays Garnet. in his trunks when he delivers the piece to camera. Because yeah. that's Australia. Which I would have thought they would have they would have gone all the way over to they would have sent a researcher. Or a cam and a cameraman or whatever and a sound man all the way over to Australia just to film this one segment. I'm a, I don't know. Maybe they've maybe they've got connections. There always seem to be some kind of footage from Australia on these things. So maybe they've got like but still, a, a tie up with it, an Australian station. Long and before they put on a plane. long before the wee transfers of this world. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Someone's still got mm. to fly it over, and that's going to take a week. Uh, well, you know, th- this is it. It's a huge logistical... I mean, they could have done with you on the production team because the logistics involved yeah. in putting this together are, are pretty elaborate. Well, yeah, they do all right, though. You know, they didn't need me. It was, let's face it, 10 at the time. Yeah, but, mate, if we do well, ever bring back This Is Your Life, would you be the executive producer of it? I'll consider it. Good. I'll consider you're, it. You're the yeah. man that we'd need the, for a job like this. If the money's this. right. If the money's right okay. and the... Um, the timetable, let's see. That's right. And the, oh, uh, and the let's say, the extras. <laughs> the perks. The extras and perks, TBC. I'm not going to go into what they might be, but I think you know what I'm talking about. I, I've heard a lot about the perks available in the television industry. Let's just say <laughs> some of them are appealing. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, Warren Mitchell is, is in his trunks. and They spent five or six years. Uh, tour in Australia and New Zealand. He refers to Emu as a Jewish pigeon. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Don't understand what he's on about there. But it's all right because Warren Mitchell is Jewish, so I think it's an Warren inside Mitchell joke. Is Jewish, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so that's Warren Mitchell. Good guest to have on. Um, they talk about uh, Rod living on a boat for a while. Now this is very. Um, this is an. This is one of the many parts that I think there's as many questions raised by Rod Hulls. This is your life, as there is answers, mm. because certain things are, uh, are sort of skimmed over. And I actually researched this a little bit, and actually, there was it was quite a big deal. The houseboat fire. That that was it. Yeah, right. and 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 they really they sort of skate over it a bit. I I think. Okay. Because you're like you're sitting right. there at home, right? And you're like, all right, Rod Hull, great, Warren Mitchell, wow, didn't know they were mates, good. All this time in Australia, and then suddenly they go quite casually, yeah. And then for a few years, you lived on a houseboat, and then it caught fire, and you had to move out. Anyway, on to book. the next bit. I'm thinking, hang on a minute. If if I was chatting to someone and they told me that for a few years they lived on a houseboat and then that houseboat burnt down. That, to me, would be one of the major episodes in anyone's life, wouldn't it? Yeah, of course. So why don't we get more details? Well, did, it, did it burn down? Because they said it broke its mirrors and it crashed or something. Oh, uh, I thought it burnt. <laughs> <laughs> you said you did some research. I think I did, yeah. I'm just going to Google Rod yeah. Hull's houseboat fire. <laughs> 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 Google something. Rod. This is a great name. If we ever get a horse, uh, like a, a race horse that we invest yeah. in as a as top flight time machine, we should call it Rod Hull's um, Houseboat Fire. We'll do that. And it's listen. Rod Hull's Houseboat Fire in the final file on my nose. 
Yeah, I can't see anything about it online at all. No, but I did the second thing. I typed that into Google, and the second thing, the first headline, unfortunately, is Rod Hull dies in TV roof tragedy. The second link is from BBC website, which is, I don't know what you think, but I think that's always a reliable source of great content. Mm. Like, they don't chuck any old shit up on the on the BBC website because they're not interested in fucking clickbait, right? So if there's a feature yeah. on there, you know it's going to be solid. You know it's going to deliver. And I'm not seeing it. And this one we says... We have got it in northern Google. This headline says, Inside the most bizarre houseboats in Britain. And I'm like, fucking Ooh. hell, this deserves a click. Rod Stewart mentions oh, the... Oh, there co- it is. You're looking at Rod Stewart. Yeah. That's why it came up. But apparently, but all I know is this is a BBC article about strange houseboats and it involves Rod Stewart. And for those reasons and more, I am in. I am right in on this article. I can't find anything about Rod Hall. Okay, maybe his boat didn't burn down. (laughs) And I regret getting so angry about them skating over it. I must have dreamt it. (laughs) <laughs> were you wearing your sleep mask when you did oh, this yeah, research oh yeah must have been <laughs> right what they say on it is that he's living on a boat and his daughter went to visit which suggests obviously post marriage yeah it's post-mar- a classic divorce marital retreat it's a classic d- divorced man's abode yeah. isn't it <laughs> yeah. near it is. me on the river in Chiswick I run past the house. There's a lot of... They're, they're nice-looking houseboats, and I've been on one once because I happened to interview a guy who, mm. who turned, just by coincidence, I'd, I'd always run... It's on my running route, and I'd always run past these houseboats, and I'd always thought I'd really like to to go in and investigate those houseboats, mm. but I ought not to because that's private property. And then I was interviewing yeah, I was someone... Yeah, go on them. I, was, I had to interview someone once about something completely unrelated is in in uh, my book in Madman and Badman and I said and I was in touch with this guy on email and then we said right okay we'll meet up and he goes you can come to my house to interview me if, if you want and I went well okay but where do you live and he went in Chiswick and I was like oh great that's not far from me whereabouts in Chiswick and he went on one of the houseboats and I was like fucking hell this is the universe intervening in my life again yeah this is great i was like i'll be there i wanted i'll be there in 20 minutes yeah where do you live please say houseboat in chiswick please say houseboat in chiswick i live in a houseboat (laughs) in chiswick massive coincidence it was it was wonderful obviously and we had a great afternoon um uh yeah they're they're just they're great things aren't they houseboats mind you my brother the QPR terrorist legend Castellani got into a bit of a scrape on one once and broke his finger. Mm. Um, yeah, they can be dangerous. Yeah, I mean, I've, yeah. I've 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 hired one for the day. But that wasn't um, a house boat, was it? That was just a, a barge. Well, it's the same kind of thing. Was it? Dom- it was it domesticated inside? It wasn't domesticated, but it could have been if it was fitted out. It was just fitted out yeah. with some seats. Okay. Well, the- you could say that about any boat. Like any boat is a potential house boat. Yeah, but it was potentially a houseboat. The fact that it only hired for the fucking day. Why would I want? The, you went why out. I want a bed and a kitchen. <laughs> I, I want to hire a potential houseboat, not a current houseboat. A potential houseboat. Do Do you mean Fuck a boat? Me. Call it that if you wish. I don't think you're in any position to be shouting the odds after your Rod Hull <laughs> research disaster a few minutes ago. Just, just made oh, up. Oh, get, get the fucking grips with detail. Thank God. He's, wow. Thank God he's fucking dead because I just like. 
I heavily implied that he'd yeah. he'd committed arson <laughs> on himself as an insurance claim. I, I was. I, I'll admit, I was hinting that I think he'd done an insurance fucking job on the on the houseboat. Yeah, that's and it was completely it was completely up. groundless. Completely groundless. Jalapeno. This Mother's Day, treat mom to healthy, glowing skin with Osea's limited edition skincare sets. Osea has been making clean, seaweed-infused products for nearly thirty years. Their advanced eye care duo brightens and firms skin around your eyes while the Golden Glow Body Trio nourishes and smooths skin all over. Go to oseamalibu.com and use code MOM for 10% off your first order site-wide. Jalapeño. Well, from what he says, it was all sorted out because his, his, his daughter went to visit and the boat wasn't there. It, it broke its moorings and crashed. And there's a, there's laughter from the audience. There's a bit of laughter from the, the other people sitting around. But then Rod, who is softly spoken throughout this entire show, mm. he just great mumbles. Uh. Yeah, I got a bill for 125 pounds from Thames Waterboard for salvage. <laughs> <laughs> He's fucking still fuming about it, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, still bitter. Oh, I fucking want that it's, back as well. It's it's very Alan Partridge that bit. Um, then Larry Grayson comes on, which is great. Always great to see Larry Grayson, who I think's been kind of forgotten almost from the uh, the history of British entertainment. There is, of course, he used to present. He, he used to present Generation Game, yeah, the biggest show on TV. He did it after Bruce Forsyth. There is some really good YouTube stuff of Larry Grayson. There's a really good interview. I think it's on Pebble Mill or something, right? Um, the good thing about him is, when you see him being interviewed, is that even in those days, which were far less enlightened, he was open about his sexuality. So it wasn't... Right. What, what you tended to get in those days is you got a lot of blokes acting camp for a joke, but mm. it was all implied. The sexuality yeah. was never mentioned. It was like... It was character. Yeah. Whereas I saw an interview with him. I hope this isn't another thing that I've invented during a, a cheese dream. Where he well, was, he's dead as well, so he, he, was being, he was being very open about his sexuality, even in those right. days, like 70s, early 80s. But he's fucking funny. Do you know, he had, he had his, his friend Everard, didn't he, that he Everard. always talked about? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My friend Everard, he said to me, he said, Larry. <laughs> <laughs> and his other friend was Slack Alice. <laughs> <laughs> fucking Larry Grayson was a genius mate he was brilliant yeah. yeah really was there was a really good documentary about him on ITV a few couple of years ago was there Might maybe be that's YouTube why I saw by that now. clip yeah well worth a look um, yeah Slack pioneer Alice. Slack Alice uh, so Larry Grayson comes on and um, he, he talks about how they um, met up years ago and became firm friends they done Margate summer seasons Pantos in Bristol and uh, he says I, lo- I love Rod very daily but I can't stick that bird <laughs> which is kind of what everyone says yeah, yeah. so um, then what do we get after that um, well, Michael Parkinson Michael Parkinson yes yeah, touched upon before uh, and it shows us that clip of course that clip on Parkinson is fucking brilliant because oh, yeah. it it happens so gradually. Because Rod, obviously, they're sitting in those chairs that they did the interviews in, but they're chairs that have got casters on them. 
So they could move That's around. That's what makes it extra good, yeah. And Rod just inches gradually towards Parkinson yeah. as the interview's going on, and you can feel the tension building. I, emu. I bet you, though, that Parkinson... Either this was extremely well choreographed and signed off by Parky beforehand, but if Rod Hull just yeah. did that, Parkinson would have laughed it off on camera, but he's exactly the sort of guy who, as soon as the camera stops rolling, goes fucking mental about stuff like that. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I mean, if you're going to get Emu on and it's a face-to-face interview, you're going to get jumped. And he must have known that, surely. I'm Michael Parkinson. I am a serious journalist and broadcaster. I'm one of the nation's... Fa- no, nay, the nation's favourite broadcaster and serious television journalist. I'm personal friends with Muhammad Ali and Billy Connolly, and I will not have a puppet physically assaulting me on my television programme. You can do... You Keep that for your Russell Harties or your Michael Aspels of this world. Not me. No, I bet he, I bet he knew it was going to happen. Yeah, I think he will have done. But it's it's great though because as I say, Emu just inches towards Parky and then loses it. And he first of all, he grabs the arm of the chair. Yeah, he's he doesn't go straight him. for Parkinson, and he spins the chair round. So Parkinson's spinning round, uh, and then Emu goes for his head, wraps his fucking his his mouth is fully open, which is almost like you know. Uh, vertical <laughs> you, you, attacks Parkinson's head what's interesting and then goes about for it, his arse once he's down what's interesting about it is it keeps cutting from the clip back to the this is your life studio for reaction shots first it cuts to Larry Grayson who actually looks a bit uncomfortable watching it he's not laughing that much he's kind of like oh then it cuts back to yeah. the to this clip then it cuts back and you see Rod himself and Rod not joking or exaggerating. If you look at it back, Andy, Rod is about to, is watching it, stony-faced with tears welling in his eyes. But not tears of joy, te- tears of regret. You think? Have a look. Have that. a look now. I'm watching it now. You won't believe his reaction to it. Everything about seeing his life back is making him sort of think, is this, is this what, I've, is this what, what <laughs> it's all about? Is this it? A, 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 a puppet bird attacking people. Oh, there it is! Right, there's the attack. Courtesy of BBC Television. Yeah, it's getting closer and closer. Parkinson at edge in the way. Emu attacks the chair, spins him round. Yeah, come on! I want to see some cutaways back to roll, Rod. He's going, oh. Parky, of course, doesn't turn up to the studio. No. No, Classic Parky power play. Larry Grayson looks looks shocked. He's just watching this this impassively, isn't he? This is classic Parkinson power play, by the way, when he does the link up. Chegwin's loving it. Oh, yeah, Chegwin would love it. He's had his shoe off. Parkinson's shoe's gone. Tries to hit the bird with his shoe. I don't know. I don't know what his re- what his reaction is. He's kind of <laughs> and there is Parkinson. Yeah, I guess it would be bad form to laugh along with what he did that we're looking at. But he's sort of like maybe amused he, a bit by he, it. He never. He. I'm getting a strong sense that Rod doesn't find the antics of Emu remotely amusing. 
I think he does it because he's discovered that people love it and they want to see mm. it and it's a and it's, it's just, a living. It's just a job at the end of the day. It's just a job like <laughs> yeah, any other. Yeah. Do I I'm like, just like it? A pen pusher. No, I'd rather not have to work, frankly. But this is where <laughs> yeah. I found myself. Is, did, is it where I saw myself <laughs> ending up? No. No, not it's, it's not. I, if I had been a performer, I probably would have seen myself more as a, a stage actor in the Shakespearean tradition. But as it happens, you never know how life's going to turn out. I got a poppet bird and I attacked, I assault people with it. And, and I used to, used to live on a houseboat. I used to live on a houseboat. Broke its moorings. And yeah, uh, it's all ups and downs, and isn't it? I was saddled with a big, what I believe, unjust bill from the council <laughs> for that. And that set me off on a road. From that day onwards, I thought, Rod, whatever it takes to make a pretty penny, as Carlton Cole would say. <laughs> and Parkinson, as we say, is not there. But he says, uh, despite what's been written about us, I'm very fond of you. And I think you're a splendid entertainer. Fuck off, Parkinson. Despite what's been written about and, us. And, Ooh, what's and, been written? And what's I been am, written about I, 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 of course, am the arbiter of what constitutes a great entertainer. <laughs> yeah, I've had them all yeah. on my show. <laughs> all of them from uh, Billy Connolly right through to... Uh, Muhammad Ali. Muhammad Ali. Frank Sinatra. <laughs> all of whom became close personal friends. Edward the Fourth. <laughs> um... And then it goes to the Emu Broadcasting Company, which was EBC, which was the first thing I remember watching e- Emu on when I was a kid. Because um, it was like the BBC, but they'd taken over the BBC. Yeah, and it was the brilliant. EBC, and the logo was the same as the they BBC. They expected us to EBC. believe yeah. that a puppet Emu had taken over the world's most prestigious broadcasting corporation. They did. I believed it. I fell for yeah, it. Yeah, so did I. So some of the cast come on, including Carol Lee Scott, who went on to play Grotbags. Grotbags is there. Uh, and then a, a film of my favourite from EBC. It was Billy Dainty. Which one was uh, he? was the odd job man. He was, was the odd job man on EBC. <laughs> and he did lots of um, physical comedy, like a Max Wall kind of walk. Right. Up and down the stage, all that kind of thing. Billy Dainty was great. There's, there's loads of stuff on YouTube with him. There was always an odd job um, man, wasn't there? In um, yeah, you have to have an odd job man, yeah. Like Mr. Bennett in Tony Hart. Yeah, yeah, caretaker. Yeah. You don't get many odd job course, men anymore, do you, Andy? Do you have any round your way? Many round your I think way. Odd jobs all get outsourced, don't they? Now I don't think there's, there's probably an app now, isn't there, job. for odd jobs? There probably is for odd jobs. Yeah, you press the app and it does the job. Mm. Is this so guy? Did, is he the one wearing the beret? Yeah. Yeah. And he reveals a few home truths as he describes them. And it, it, it turns out that Rod Hull's quite the prankster. Mm. Uh, a stink bomb under... It might have been Princess Margaret's seat. I think it was Princess Margaret. I haven't got it written down, but I've forgotten. Uh, nicking socks from people. Um, women thinking they were going through the change of life with hot flushes, but it was just a lighter... Uh, un- under their seat. <laughs> the change of life. That's what the menopause was known as, wasn't it? The, yeah, change, the change of, of life. life. No one says yeah. that anymore either. They don't. Um, She's going through the, the change. Change. The change. Yeah. yeah. Hot flushes. Sleeps yeah. with the window open. My mum kept going on about that when I was a kid. It made me really uncomfortable. Mm. But 
uh, I'm. It's important to not stigmatise the change of life, and happily, no. it is no longer the taboo it once was. But I would say that when I was a, a boy and my mum kept informing me about the ebb and flow of her experiences in the change of life, yeah. I was like, "Mum, turn it in. I'm not interested. This is a lot. Yeah, I'm trying this is to too watch. Much. <laughs> I'm trying to watch Emu TV." <laughs> Um, then we have yeah another reference to Emu from Billy Dinty he describes him as overstuffed blue tit <laughs> I think that's my favourite one of all of them then we have Rod's sister Joan who's come from Australia probably on the same plane as Bill Wallace and, and Mavis um, and this is a really lovely bit she talks about how when she was a kid there was fairies at the bottom of the garden and every day she'd go down to the bottom of the garden there'd be a note from the fairies and mm. there were things that would then come true later that day oh that's nice isn't it and it was Rod who was doing the notes all that time that's a lovely thing I think a lovely bit of uh, imaginative it's the kind of thing a parent would do not a sibling but yeah well done Rod um, and then it's almost at the end The those doors come apart once again we see Rod's three younger kids with their eggs. Oh, they uh, made out they'd stayed at home, but it was a little surprise yeah, that they did turn they were up there after all the all. time. But on top of those massive eggs, they've now hatched. The kids are now on the floor safely. Thank you. Um, but there's there's no emu. We don't get emu. I thought we might have done. Um, I think there's some little emus that they've hatched themselves, little shit ones. Maybe violent. he just feels like he lives in the shadow of emu and tonight was supposed to be about Rod. And his wife might have briefed them and said, listen, do yourself a favour, keep Emu away, because he Emu won't Emu cannot it. exist unless Rod's in control of him, and there was yeah. no real way of facilitating that, was there? Yeah, you can't bring on just a floppy fucking Emu you, in a yeah, box. Yeah, just here, get all of this, get all of this, mate. Yeah, yeah. stick it, it on was, and start doing your antics. And it's Rod Hulls, this is your life, not fucking Emu. Yeah, exactly. So, fair enough. As we've said before, when Emu's not around... He's sleeping. Um, friend of the show, Nigel Adley, got in touch with some bonus uh, This Is Your Life content. All right, um, yeah. Which I'm sure he won't mind me reading out because it's certainly the sort of thing that's of interest to us and our listeners. said, I enjoyed the Abe and Andrew stuff recently on the Rod Hole pod. He was Dickie Davis' mentor. Dickie Davis, wow. of course, passed away this week. Uh, very yeah. sad who understudied him as the presenter of World of Sport and then took over when it moved to LWT. So Eamon Andrews was the presenter of World of Sport, was he? Originally. he was, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, Jimmy Hill suggested <laughs> to, he shortened his... This is, the, this is the killer fact. Are you ready for a killer fact that am, Nigel yeah. Adderley has delivered? Okay, get ready. Jimmy Hill suggested he shorten his name to Dickie from Richard as Diana Dawes and Double Diamond were massive at the time and, G- <laughs> and Jimmy thought he could tap into that. Genius. <laughs> that's really good. Now, listen, listen, I'm going to give you a little bit of advice here that's going to get you, <laughs> it'll get you far if you listen and you act upon yeah. it. Do yourself a what's big at the moment? Anything with two Ds. Diana Dawes, double diamond, double D tits. Everyone loves them, don't they? Do yourself a favour. Change Richard to Dickie. 
Fucking hell. Hey, he was right, though. He was right. And the, re- the, so re- the, rest, Hill. the rest is history. Architect of Dickie Davis's name and yeah. three points for a win. Dickie Davis. He brought that in as well, didn't he? he? Yeah, he was a real innovator, wasn't he? Yeah, he was annoying, but he was an innovator. He was mm. a thinker. He was, a th- he was um, an ideas man. He was. Uh, and he brought in the... Uh, we scrapped the maximum wage for footballers as well. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, by the end, people just thought he was a daft old bastard, but it was a bit unfair in a way, wasn't it? Because he'd, uh, he'd done so much for football. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, we might do a Jimmy Hill deep dive. Yeah, we really we- should. A re-examination of Jimmy Hill. So that's the end of it then, and then they do the thing which they do at the end of This Is Your Life, where they all slowly walk towards the front of the stage to receive the applause. Yeah. Um, and Rod just looks stunned by what's just happened in the last 25 minutes. It's just all too much for him. Um, and that is it. That's your Rod Hull, This Is Your Life. What have we learned from it? Well, I think I've learned about the really fascinating dynamic that exists between a puppeteer and a puppet and how yeah. ultimately the puppet overshadows the, the its own master. And I think there is a real conflict and ambivalence in the heart of Rod Hull about his career and about his relationship mm. with Emu. And I think there's something bittersweet about this whole programme that I wasn't yeah. expecting. Yeah, I'll take that. I've learned that you should always make sure your houseboat is properly moored. Got to moor it properly. Um, if you're going to invest in a houseboat, yeah. make sure don't skimp otherwise, on your mooring. Otherwise, um, the Thames Water Authority is going to come after you. Yeah, your mooring salvage. Yeah, so there we go. We'll start a new Odyssey next week. Um, I think we've got something lined up. I can't remember where it might is, be but... Jimmy Hill. Might be Noel Edmonds on Concord. Might be something else. Just don't oh, know. Yeah, it is. It's, it's Noel Edmonds on Concord. Yeah. Of course it is. Okay. Of course it is. <laughs> Why wouldn't it be? Uh, <laughs> Supersonic Noel. <laughs> I can't wait to start watching it now. <laughs> thanks for listening. And goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>